It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at seaboc.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts at seaboc.com. Welcome. I'm Dr. Jeremy Lookaball, Industrial Organizational Psychology Consultant and Workplace Communication and Negotiation Coach. If you are in or getting into the industrial organizational psychology field and you feel a little lost in the crowd, you're looking for support to jumpstart your career, blaze your IO path, and maybe get the answers that your degree program never gave you about what it's actually like to work as an IO psych practitioner, check out CBOC's IO Career Pathfinder membership at cboc.com. If you're a more established IO practitioner, check out our expert membership to showcase your expertise, build your brand, and be part of our initiatives. Do you lead a university's IO or applied IO psychology program? Go to cboc.com, get in touch to partner with us to build your program's brand and get solid real world support for your students. Let us do the heavy lifting for their engagement and experiences. And businesses, get in touch. We've got the bank of experts you need for coaching, consultation, and program development and execution. Please subscribe to the podcast because it helps us out and it helps the field of IO. Also, today, we have Tom Bradshaw with us, a voice and speech coach and a damn good actor too. He is the official voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our weekly gathering of IOs, HRs, recruiters, and one actor here with a cup of coffee. So I hope you've got a beverage as well as Dr. Destiny. We're going to talk about failure today. Yes, you know, I I stopped making New Year's resolutions. The only one I kept was the last one I made, which was to never make another New Year's resolution ever again. I'm hoping that you're going to give me some advice about um, getting past that little hurdle. I mean, I hope so. We were actually just talking before you came on and started about what we all do here. And I think it would be interesting to hear about some of the strategies and tactics for those who maybe it's worked for. Personally, I like to do a word or a like basically. So for for example, this year, my word was health. Um, I went to focus on my health and that meant physical, emotional, uh, setting boundaries. So for me, it's hard to kind of fail, so to say, <laughs> at that word in a way, if you look at it, because um, I can always learn and grow from that. And I think other people might have some similar strategies. And I'm excited to hear, too, how this kind of thing impacts their work habits as well, because what we don't think about sometimes is how to improve ourselves in the workplace unless we're going through some sort of challenge. And the truth is you don't always have to be going through a downtime or a challenge to always be a better you know, worker maybe, or a whatever that means to you. Just excited about this topic for that reason. Well, I have no problem with failure whatsoever. And actually, you know, I'm one of those people who believes it's a really good tool for learning. Um, But I also am really eager to hear some other people who may have some advice. Uh, So anyone want to jump in, just raise your hand and we'll get to you right away. Uh, If not, I'll just start calling on people. Well, Tom, this is Destiny. I did want to say in case we don't have anyone to start, some of the where I can kind of kind of start the conversation is there are 30 
Uh, there's a there's an article about the 30 working habits to incorporate into your workplace routine. So if we're trying to figure out what are those kinds of you know habits, I'll just really quickly scroll through a few. Contribute during meetings, communicate effectively, make extra efforts, plan your day, challenge yourself, act like a leader. There's more down here that I thought were interesting. Stay organized, ask questions, overestimate timing, admit when you don't know the answer, welcome constructive criticism and active listening. And there's a lot more, but those are just maybe some things that will stir up some thoughts, especially as you're listening in. And as we kind of have this conversation as to maybe those habits that we don't think are habits that are in our workplace. Well, Dr. Martha, you always have great advice. Let's go to you. I'm with you, Tom. I don't do New Year's resolutions. I'm all about growth and change, but you don't need a date for that to happen. It's kind of a hype. It's turned into a joke. If you look at the statistics of the high rate of failure, everybody waits until New Year's to start something. If you really want to start something, you can start it today. If you're really committed to something, you can do it today. You don't have to wait till Monday to start your diet and have a dietary disaster over the weekend, one last hurrah. That to me is an indicator that you're going to fail because you're not ready. So why wait until January 1st to do something just because the masses are doing it? Statistics are not on your side. So to me, it's important to understand why you say you want to do something or change something or accomplish something and then do it. Don't wait for a specific date. That's just silly. And I think you get caught up in this New Year's resolution tradition that so many people get engaged in. But statistics, again, don't support very much in terms of success. Does that mean that nobody is successful? Of course not. But those people were ready and willing to do whatever it took to go through with whatever change or improvement or growth they're going for. But they certainly didn't need to wait for New Year's. It's just the date on the calendar. If you don't follow the same calendar, that day is meaningless, right? So it's more of a social thing than I think an indicator of one's readiness to really move forward and make the change actually happen. So I think change and growth are good, but don't wait for a date. Don't wait for Monday to start your diet. Have a salad today for crying out loud. Well, I, I did find, you know, if I tried a New Year's resolution and by the end of January, that was shot. I just didn't have to try the rest of the year. I could take the rest of the, but then again, I was not moving forward. So yeah, I agree hundred uh, percent. Dr. Ariana, let's go to you. Yeah, I was saying to the group that I do like a New Year's resolution, but it's a little bit similar to Dr. Destiny, where it's a little more high level and abstract, and that is helpful for me. So this year is radical patience, and I use it as a growth anchor for the year. So every time that I'm facing a challenge, I come back to my New Year's resolution. So let's say my partner is being challenging. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm feeling like this inner tension. I'm like, all right, it's my year of radical patience. I'm going to come back to my breath. I'm going to work on my inner calm. And Tom, you're cracking up with that. Um, but I've, I've had really cool experiences through doing it. So last year was my year of radical acceptance. And it kind of is an anchoring point. And then before that, I had a year of radical honesty. Um, where it's just very transparent about anything. Um, so I do find the new year a little inspirational for making a shift and having something that, you know, is something that represents the year ahead. 
That being said, I do agree what others have previously said about it doesn't have to be the New Year's. And part of this topic today is about habits. And I cannot emphasize enough the power of healthy habits. There's been different moments in my life when I realized that I have to do something forever. For some reason, I thought like exercise, you just do a lot of it and then you get to take a break. But that's not really the way life goes. So like exercise, you were going to have to exercise forever to maintain a healthy body. And that's just how it is. Like we need to keep up on cleaning forever. And that's the truth of the workplace. What are the habits that we want to add to our lives that create the healthy lifestyle that we're looking for, whether or not that's holding healthy work-life balance, whether or not it's giving your best on everything and trying to maintain a high quality of outputs. Um, I think our habits are what create our lives. And and how is this going for you so far this year? It's going well. (laughs) It's a learning, you know, it's only March, but um, I think that we are in an instant gratification culture at the moment. And even I can fall privy to that and want things immediately. So it's a good reminder that from some perspectives, all we can do is plant seeds in the world and water them and have growth in natural time. And life has its own pace. So patience is um, a nice skill to have. And I will keep breathing deep and releasing that stress and tension. Uh, Lynn, let's go to you. I think that, and, and some of this was touched on uh, with uh, Dr. Martha and Dr. Ariana, and that is really having patience with yourself in the process. And I think one of the keys is a lot of times people set a quote, a, a New Year's resolution because they're aspiring to something or to be like someone. And when they do that, then they're constantly comparing themselves to that person. And comparison can be a killer, you know? And so to be okay with who you are and making progress is a change in mindset. And and even if you, you know, one of the books, you know, Atomic Habits, some people are familiar with that. It's all about that incremental change, right? And if you think about it, say, for example, some people mentioned, you know, weight and exercise, you know, Think about this. Some people would say, all right, well, I want to learn, uh, lose 50 pounds this week, right? That's a pretty big goal. I mean, this year, excuse me, this week. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> this year. And, and that's a pretty uh, daunting goal for most of us, I would think. But if you look at it as it's one pound a week, and what are the incremental changes that you can make, maybe 500 calories a day in what you're doing and how you're eating, that's a different way of breaking it down. And I think that we just beat ourselves up in the whole comparison world a little too much. And I think we need to be a little more patient with ourselves. And reflection on progress is a huge motivator. Yeah, um... <laughs> As long as I'm still moving forward. Dr. Martha, let's go to you. I really like what Dr. Thompson said. There's a big difference between having a certain theme, maybe, or a certain word for the coming year, something that will encompass a broad spectrum of behaviors and habits and changes that will steer you towards some common idea, some common goal. But setting the traditional New Year's goals, this is where we get in trouble because we set those very specific goals. And then, like Linda Ann said, we get lost in comparing ourselves to others, whether we set those goals 
as a result of a comparison, or we set those goals and then compare ourselves endlessly until it hurts, and then we stop. I think that's a much better approach to choose, let's say, a theme or something of that sort for the year. And what will I aim for this year? Does that mean that I'm going to be at the gym every morning at five if you've never done that in your life? If your goal or theme for the year is health, there are many different ways to contribute to your health. And that's a much more realistic approach. And the same thing can be said about work. So whatever changes, whatever type of growth you want to see within yourself in the upcoming year or the upcoming quarter or whatever the case may be for you, I think that's a much more sensible approach and one that sets you up for success because you're giving yourself a variety of chances, variety of opportunities for success rather than that one black or white goal that you're going to likely fail at within a few weeks. So I really like that idea. That was excellent. And doing that, you can, can you not like build momentum? So one success leads to another success leads to another. Absolutely. And you have so many more choices. Think about how can you be healthy not just by going to the gym. There are so many ways you can work towards bettering your health. So this is, I like that, writing this down. I really like that. Take a memo. All right, Cam, thank you very much for returning. Let's go to you, Cam. Yes, I was in thinking about, somebody mentioned the Atomic Habits book. And I think one of the ideas uh, from that book is the idea of trajectory. You know, if you're in an airplane and you're going to, from New York to London, and if you are two degrees off at the beginning of the flight, you're going to end up in Greenland or, or somewhere like that. And so it, when I'm at the gym, which I'm a library person, I'm not a gym person. I like to sit and read. I don't like to move. But if if you're at the gym, I, there I'm on the treadmill at the gym and there are all these inspirational words. And I wish that trajectory was one of them. And so while I'm on the treadmill, I'm thinking trajectory, trajectory. And I like Dr. Ariana's idea of having a word for the year or a, a phrase or one one theme for the year. Trajectory was my theme last year because it's easier to think in terms of small incremental changes when you have a theme than when you have smart goals or whatever. Yeah, that's some really good advice. So Linda Ann, let's go to you. Oh, yes. Sorry, Lee. Oh my goodness. Tom, come on. Well, you know, I, I can see there's such there's such great stuff going on here. I can see how you can just pass me on by for all these these wonderful things that they're giving us. But, you know, the first thing I think of when I think of goal setting is, is you know, the old cliche, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And I think one of the biggest reasons that New Year's resolutions fail is because we make a year goal. Nobody can do that. I mean, come on. Like, uh, I think it was Linda Ann talking about the 50, the 50 pounds. If I'm focusing on 50 pounds, that's huge. If I'm thinking about, well, I'm going to make a change, my goal is to lose a pound this week or what, you know, whatever that may be. Now we're talking things that are achievable. And and, uh, and to talking about like going to the gym, you know, if you're if you're going to lose weight and you're going to go to the gym, well, don't get on the scale every day. Because for one thing, your your, your weight is going to change frequently and you're probably going to gain weight first because muscle weighs more. You got to be realistic in your measures. Because, you know, we're IOs, we love to measure things. So you have to have 
a, a realistic measure. Like if you're going to go, uh, let's say you're doing the treadmill. Okay. So, well, I'm not going to, you know, hop off the couch and go and, uh, and hop on the treadmill and do a, a marathon today. It's probably not going to happen. And if I do, I'm probably going to be like the guy in the story from, you know, Athens. I'm just going to drop dead. We don't want that. But if I say today, I'm going to get on the treadmill and I'm going to walk for 15 minutes or a quarter mile or something that's actually achievable and track it. We love Excel or something like that. You know, put it in there. You know, what did I do? Date, time, how far? And you keep a track on that. And then you can watch that as it goes up, as you improve. But if you go, you know, I had not anything but eat Cheetos and sit on the couch and drink beer and I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to run a mile today. It's not going to work out well for you. So you, that's achievable goals, small pieces. You could do a big, huge goal, but make it small. And you ever look at Microsoft Project and you see you put in a goal and then they have milestones and they have all these little things underneath that. Well, that's any goal can be done that way. And you also have to remember sometimes the 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 neuroscience of some of this stuff. If you say, well, I want to do something different, but you can't change a you can't change a habit. You can't change a behavior. I mean, it just doesn't work. It always is it's almost always going to fail because you have set neural pathways that say A follows B, you know, A leads to B leads to C. But if I want to jump from A to D and then E, well, I've got to create a new habit. And I have to remember that I'm creating a new habit. And what happens is over time, the original habit extincts and goes away. And the new habit, the new neural pathways form and you create that new habit. But if you think I'm going to change whatever, you're going to fail and then you're going to beat yourself up and you're going to give up and, you know, oh, I could do five miles a day. Well, I'm just going to give up. I'm never running again. You know, and, and so you have to and you have to give yourself grace on top of that for those days that you don't do it. OK, whoever was that says that you don't go to the, go to the gym every morning at 5 a.m. Oh, well, I missed today. Well, doggone it. That just blows everything. I'm not going back. Well, no, you you, you got to give yourself some grace and don't give yourself excuses, but go, OK, well, I missed today. That kind of stinks, but I'm going to do it tomorrow and force yourself to keep going. And that's one of the reasons so many people fail. I mean, I remember, you know, back in, in the Navy, New Year's, the, the times you go to the gym, it was packed. January and the month before the fitness test. And it was packed. You can't get a treadmill. You can't get a bike. And because, you know, it's all of a sudden, it's a priority. And then it happens and all of a sudden, you know, it's like it goes down again. And it's because people are reacting, you know, if you make those proactive changes and create those new habits, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier. You know, the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a step, you know, that sort of thing. So looking at the treadmill is, is not working out, but if I can take a little step, get to the treadmill the next day, actually start to push some buttons on day three, I might actually get to that goal eventually. Well, exactly. And, and, and just to throw out there that while you're on that treadmill, most of those places have Wi-Fi and the work cookie is a podcast. Yeah, I'm just going to put that out. You know, if you want to you want to work out for about an hour, work cookies about an hour. I mean, it could be a coincidence, you know, could be the, the cosmos telling you to get off your chair. Well, I was wondering how I could take Lee's voice to the gym. And now I know. Uh, Linda, Ann, let's go to you. I always love it when when Lee talks and and his isms are so priceless. I just, 
I think that it's important to understand yourself too. What are how are you motivated? What's are you intrinsically motivated? Are you extrinsically motivated? You know, you can offer me a thousand dollars to lose fifty pounds, and I'm not going to do it because of the thousand dollars. You know, um, and but other people that works for. So it's important to understand what you're, how you're motivated, and then what systems you're setting up for yourself and, and putting in place to support you taking those steps, you know, and, and it could be just a reminder on your telephone or, uh, you know, and then the the other thing that I think that happens is people can be overwhelmed by, well, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym or whatever that is, and, or I'm going to eat healthy all the time. And when you get, you, when you fall off the wagon, people just kind of give up. And, you know, it's important to just say something's better than nothing. I used to go to the gym I was working out a fair bit years ago, and sometimes I'd go in for just 10, 15 minutes and people would look because you get familiar with people when you go at the same time all the time, right? And people would say, how do you stay in shape with, you know, and you're only in here for 10, 15 minutes? It's because I come anyway, right? It's not, I'm not coming in for an hour, but I'm coming. And, and I always feel better afterwards. And the fact that I dragged myself off the sofa, <laughs> to go for whether it was 10 or 15 minutes. And I felt so much better was constant reinforcement of why I wanted to go. So, you know, just do something. Just one foot in front of the other and we'll eventually get there. Thank you very much for that, Linda. And uh, Eva, it is great to see you back here. Go ahead. Hi, good afternoon. Good morning, everyone, wherever you're at in the world. Um, I would love to add, I think this is a beautiful conversation. I would love to add, um, when we're thinking about New Year's resolutions, um, I used to do them and then one day I said, I'm not going to do them anymore because I was one of these people that in February I would be like, what are you doing? So I started to think about it a little bit different and this may be helpful um, to add to this conversation. I started to look at these goals as moments. And what that meant for me is whenever I get up, even sitting in the seat right now, I have certain goals that I'm working on. I, I look at it as look at it as a bigger picture. What do I what do I have to do to put the puzzle together? So when I think of moments, when I get up from this chair, I do something that I call jumping the timeline. And what that means for me is is because I've had so much energy that I put around this one goal that when I get up, I know that I've been able to do X, Y, or Z because I've been doing it for, for two weeks. Now I'm going to jump the timeline of what I'm supposed to be looking at or uh, achieving and push myself maybe two levels ahead of it so that I'm not becoming um, static or plateauing and then I become um, less interested. So when I know that I'm able to jump a timeline and I do certain things to jump the timeline, then I feel like, okay, I, I'm moving forward. So for me, it's moment by moment, 24 hours in a day whatever amounts of minutes or seconds of the day, I take moments and I com compound them like Linda Ann was saying, I think she was talking about just doing something over time. You know, when you think about compounding seconds or minutes or hours and you look at a full year, you've moved yourself along further than you probably think if you're saying, I'm just gonna do it, oh, maybe I'll do it for three, three months at a time and then I'm quitting. So what I started to do for me, to maintain this new level of uh, jumping timelines, I, I started to, to realize and understand not only was I making movements, I started to change how I thought about things. So I started to change how my brain worked 
And then I realized that I, I could really jump timelines because my brain was no longer thinking the same. So my ability to do things became um, reinforced by just those moments. So that's what I would add. When you have that book ready, let me know and I will buy that book because that sounds great. Uh, Dr. Ariana, let's go to you. Yeah, I think that was great. Um, I think it relates to what I was going to bring up is just continuing to say this theme of habits are for creating the life that you want. So Linda Ann was saying something similar about what is your driving force and what is the why and who are you and what are your goals? Because we as humans are most inspired by some a meaningful goal, not just a goal, not just I want to read a thousand books this year because it sounds like something cool to tell my friends at the end of the year. But why are you doing it? What is the knowledge you want to gain? What are you going to do with the knowledge that you gain from the reading? Like taking it that next step. Um, and I think that habits are just, you have to get started at some point. And I like to have like a very healthy mentality around it. So even exercise is one we've been talking a lot about. And so with the topic of exercise, I believe in working out so that you can do the activities that you want to do in life. So for me, I was a soccer player in high school. And then once that ended and I wasn't going to continue in college, it felt like this monumental pressure to get to the gym every day. So I was working out five or six days a week. I would work really hard for maybe an hour plus, but I had to like get myself amped up to even go to the gym. I'd have to like put on my like playlist, even get dressed to get to the gym. And it was draining. It was draining on my system. It was a lot of pressure. If I didn't do like 500 calories on this one elliptical, I'd be down on myself. And then I just kind of took a break from exercise, interestingly enough, and had to come back to it. And now I do some things that some people don't even consider exercise, but I, I do. So I walk like an hour a day. I sometimes do yoga. And this integrates with my current life. On my walks, I get outdoors and I practice some mindfulness. And like, so I really think that with any habit, you have to make it work for you and tailor it to your own personality, your own strengths, your own desires. But I think over time when we create habits, um, hopefully they make our lives easier and we can work smarter. And another one from my life is like, if I make crumbs all over the counter, I just wipe it immediately. Like uh, this, this concept of just doing what you need to do more immediately so that things don't build up over time is more of a strategic mindset. And like Eva was saying, after a while, the new habit becomes natural. So it's kind of thinking about what actions do I want to have in my life that make my life flow and more streamlined. Um, and then Two other things I wanted to mention just for the conversation is that this involves personal accountability. So being willing to work on yourself and with your habits to be like, I'm going to stick to this. I, this is something I believe in and just holding yourself accountable is going to help you each next time because it becomes a habit and you're like, this is something I do. And then lastly, one interesting thing about activation energy is that we sometimes psychologically overestimate the amount of energy it's going to take to start something. So I don't know if you guys have ever had that around like taking a shower. <laughs> You're like, I just need to get in. But like sometimes just that start is the hardest part. But kind of other biases in psychology, um, once we know about them, we can use it to our advantage. So just know that sometimes the hardest part is the getting started. So just get started, start somewhere. If it's writing a paper, put words on a page and just get started. Um, and that's half the battle. 
Yeah, I know for myself, sometimes just getting off the couch <laughs> is the struggle. Once I'm standing up, no problem. Imani, welcome back. Let's go to you. Hi, everyone. This is Imani. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. we can. Okay, thank you. About the goals, um, being strategic, and then I'll, I'll be speaking more on accountability because that's what I wanted to really um, talk about. I usually find myself in the situation whereby I have to talk about, you know, writing down your goals with the people I emotionally support. And uh, one thing that I usually kind of, that usually works for me when I get these callers back is uh, telling them to celebrate their small wins. I think in most cases, we are all focused on the doing, 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 and sometimes you can even get exhausted, you know, about it. And then if you kind of like fall back and do accountability, I guess that's why your kind of like zeal comes from your motivation to even do the next thing the next day. Because I usually get these callers and they're talking about how much they're in the apartment and they can't get nothing done and stuff. So I asked them, what have you done for the day? They're like, I woke up, went to the watch TV, run this errand and came back and that was it. And then I'm trying to sleep. I can't sleep. My mind is racing about what I haven't done for the day. So I'm like, how about you think about what you've done for the day? I told them, walking from your bedroom to the shower is something you've done for the day. There's a thousand of people out there who haven't even, who are yearning to do that thing. You sit down, watch TV. It has taken your time. It is something you're poured back to yourself. It's self-care. If it was entertainment, if you had five errands you had for the day, you've run one. Thank God for that. Be like, okay, I've, even if you don't believe in, I'm like, okay, be grateful that at least you've done that one and be happy about it. Push the four that you haven't done to the next day. I'm like, sometimes we are focused so much on the big, bigger goals and we forget about the small goals that we do every day that. We get stressed about the bigger goals not getting done, and there comes procrastination, the stress that you haven't got anything done. So my point here is celebrating our small wins within even organization. If I have like a thousand work to do, I've done like five things for the day. It also calls for the leaders, you know, a leader appreciating, oh, you, you know, you've got this done. So you find that one thing at least you've done within your organization be like okay i've executed this and this is what i'm gonna do next week or the next day or if the week is done be happy about what you've done the work you've done in the week is just enough and save the next for that you know for next week and celebrate that so and then i also have another joking thing that i usually say goals are not smart anymore you know, goals is executing and, you know, celebrating the small wins within whatever you've executed. So that's all I had to say. I hope I kind of like made sense somewhere with uh, with this goal settings. <laughs> oh, you always make sense, Imani. And thank you very much for that. And Linda Ann, let's go thank to you. you. Oh, you're very welcome. And, and Linda Ann, because, you know, I think Imani kind of touched on something too, where, you know, if I'm working in an organization and I am celebrating my my achievements and my goals, it really helps when my supervisor or my team leader actually recognizes those goals and celebrates with me. Oh, absolutely. And, and there was a time, I don't know, was that directed at me, Tom, or Armani? It was. There was a time when I, um, at work, where I had this list, this this do list, right, to-do list, right? And, and I still have one. I imagine most of us do. But I would look at myself, I would say to myself, okay. I know I worked my fanny off all day and not a single thing got crossed off that list. Right. And 
So what I started, and I couldn't tell you what I did. It was just like in a blur. And so what I started to do was to keep a did list. Okay, this is what I did today. And so that I at least could say, and I would do um, monthly reports on what we accomplished or whatever, but I, I, and I still do it now. If I get frustrated, I'm like, I write down a did list because then you are not as frustrated with yourself and you are making progress, right? And you understand too, what's becoming a priority for you rather than what's on your list. The other thing that um, I've learned to do for me, because my brain is kind of like that of a moth sometimes where I'm, <laughs> where I'm flitting from light to light, you know, uh, I have a, a list, but I keep it digitally somewhere else. And then I have one or two things on a little post-it note. And that's the only thing that I'm focused on. Like I have to do this one thing today and it, it helps me a lot. But I, I think if we look at two things, one, I used to teach smoking cessation years ago. And one of the things that we would teach people first is to break the triggers, right? So it used to be like every time people picked up the telephone, they would light a cigarette or if they got in the car, they would light their cigarette or whatever it was. And so we would teach them um, how to delay that trigger. And so if you look at what is your pattern of behavior and not say, I can't do that anymore, you know, just like even with food, like I can't, it's not that you can't have that piece of cake. You're making a conscious choice to not have it right now. Right. And if you want to have it tomorrow, you can have it tomorrow. So it's all about breaking some of those triggers and figuring out how you can do that for yourself, whether it's picking your phone up and to go look at social media and say, I'm going to wait 15 minutes and see if I can get distracted somewhere, you know, to doing into, into flow at work or, or not becoming mindfully aware of, oh, what I'm doing now is a conscious choice and I can choose to do something else or not. I need so much therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Martha, let's go to you. We can look at life as, in one way, as a collection of our decisions. Every day we have to make decisions. And I like Linda Ann's did list. That's a decision. And that was a helpful decision because rather than growing your frustration and feeling inadequate that here's my to-do list I never touched. Here is evidence of what I've been doing all day. Again, decision after decision after decision. So it's important to think of it in that way on some level, because sometimes people seem to wake up and they're surprised by the state of their lives or where they are. And that didn't happen by accident. Yes, accidents happen, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the daily decision or indecision can be just as detrimental. So it's important to think along those lines because what we decide to do or not do will affect us, especially when this is a collective review of what's happening. The other thing to remember too, is that when it's so important to understand why you want to make a change or achieve a goal, because I think so many people do it for all the wrong reasons. And that could be because it's January 1st. That could be because my parents always wanted me to be a lawyer and I'm miserable and I hate it, but that's why I went into law. 
It could be because this is what some aptitude test said that that's what I should do with life. And I did it and I'm miserable. We really have to give ourselves the time to understand why we're doing something and then honor ourselves in either following through or not. And I think asking yourself once, why do you want to make this change or why do you want to do this thing? There's a good chance you're not going to get the real answer. There's an exercise exercise out there that you're supposed to ask the same question seven times to get through all the layers to get to the true, true answer of why you want to do something or make a change or whatever the case is, because a lot of those initial answers, those first layers aren't really giving you the deep down answer of what you really want. And that deep down final answer may be, well, I don't want to do this. I feel I need to, because otherwise somebody won't stop nagging me about that. Right? So it's so important that we know ourselves and we take the time to have this kind of introspection and then honor the true answers that we discover within ourselves. I think that contributes to a lot of failure when it comes to setting goals. You didn't want to do it in the first place, or you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And then what happens? You're beating yourself up for failure when it should have never happened to begin with. So it's so important to think about that. Can we change our mindset so that, you know, if it's something I really need to do and I'm, if I'm doing it for the wrong reason, you're right, I'm not going to succeed. So can I, but I need to do this um, for my own health. Is there a way I can change that mindset so that, you know, it might not be what I want to do, but it's going to make my life better? It really depends on each person. Everybody has different motivators. You could show someone who is in pre-diabetes, a person with an amputated leg, and it may be enough to get them into reality about their diet and their health. Other people may be in such denial and in such sugar addiction, perhaps, that they will say, that will never happen to me. I'll worry about it when it gets worse. So that depends on the person. This is why it's so important to know yourself. Introspection is so important. Understanding your own motivators is so important. Now, I think that psychologists may take that for granted because this is the sea in which we swim all the time. But for the general population, that's not necessarily part of their reality. I'll tell you a a personal story. When I wanted to start going to the gym many, many years ago, I approached it as a psychologist. I go to the gym six days a week, religiously. That's my sanctuary. But how did I get there? When I first started going to the gym, I would watch on my phone funny things. I would laugh so hard. Sometimes I thought I'd fall off the bike. But my goal was to make those neural connections between gym being fun, fun, fun. I've been going to the gym for years. And if I miss it, get out of my way. It's not going to happen. I'm going. But this is what I'm talking about. Know yourself and honor yourself. What will make this work? If this is truly what I want, what will make this happen to the point where I'm unstoppable? I'm going. I don't care if it's a blizzard out there. I I like that mindset. (laughs) All right, Cam, let's go to you. That's interesting. Um, 
Yes, I, I wish I were that way about going to the gym. I just had to go enough so that it became part of my routine. And I, we've touched on routine some here. Um, but when we would move from country to country, uh, one of the first things that they tell you of how to get through culture shock and that uh, finding yourself in a new place where you don't know anything or how anything works is to embrace a routine. And um we got our first puppy about a year ago. And if you're if you've ever trained a puppy, they love routine. So every morning I go on a walk. Every night I go on a walk. And my theory, I have come to realize the puppy did not increase my happiness level, but the habits that having the puppy required of me increased it. And just putting things into a routine. Um, that and the idea of having we have we have touched on this, but uh, we've talked about milestones. But even when we're talking about productivity in the workplace, you know, I, I come in, I sit at my desk, I open my email, I deal with that. Then I have this, 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 this in my routine, and you can be a lot more productive at work. Another thing that has really helped, um, sort of related to milestones, but not quite, is micro goals. When I have that space between meetings of 15 minutes, what can I, what micro goal can I get accomplished that day? Can I check this off my to-do list? Um, can also be another, you know, having that list of micro goals that then go onto your did list at the end, at the end of the day. Habits of happiness. That's the one you're going to write. And that's the second book now I've got to read just on this show. <laughs> Lee, what book you got for me? Oh, I don't know. Every time I get on here, it seems like you have a different book for me to write. So I don't know what's going on this week. Um, uh, I just want to put out to, to Cam's point that I, I read somewhere that if your dog's fat, you're not getting enough exercise. So there you go. Um, you know, to the point of the habits, I mean, that is we don't realize how important that is. Routine, rather. We don't re realize, you know, when you go through training in the military for the possibility that you could be uh, become a prisoner of war or kidnapped or something like that. Part of the training is once you are confined in whatever way you are confined is to create a routine, to, to exercise, to do whatever else, but to create yourself routine, to give yourself some normalcy in a very abnormal situation. And, you know, and I, and I love what, what Cam was saying about when you go to some of the places, she's absolutely right. When you go to a new place, establishing a routine helps you to normalize faster. Um, and, you know, and, and to uh, to Dr. Gradek's point, you know, my 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 grandmother had a magnet on her refrigerator that said, uh, uh, eat well, stay fit, die anyway. So, um, you know, it, it's all about the perception and the goals. And, and really, to your point, Tom, I mean, I hate going to the gym. I just don't enjoy it. That doesn't mean I don't enjoy exercise. I just don't. I'm not a gym person. So there are ways that you can do this. You just got to be creative. I mean, what is your what is you what do you like to do? There are other ways that you can do. You know, people, you know, people go to the indoor climbing walls. People, you know, go walk around the mall. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff that you can learn to do that can that you can enjoy. And you don't think of it as exercise. You think of it as something that you enjoy doing. Um and I totally had another point that I was going to make, but all these great things I've been paying attention to, man, I was, off I went. So, uh, Let me ask you, Lee, um, while, you're, while you're thinking, um, 
if if because I, I want to go back to that prisoner of war uh, because if I'm working in an office and I kind of feel like I'm a prisoner of war, um, is creating a routine going to help me maybe even just see my position differently? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because mindset is mindset's huge, and we probably have all been in a in a situation, you know, a job or something we didn't want to be in. Uh, and if you if, if that's not the case for you, uh, I'm envious. Uh, I know it's a deadly sin, but that's okay. Um, so you create those little things. Like I'm a big coffee person, so I, you know, coffee is going to be part of my routine. And uh, you know, like my current job, man, I, we have so many doggone meetings. I had to start. I had to start putting it in a thermos and bringing it to my desk because I didn't because my routine prior to that, you know, kitchen's downstairs. My office is upstairs. So there's part of my routine and my exercise is I need another cup of coffee. So I walk down the stairs, get it and I come back up. And so you can do little things like that. So um, early in career, I ended up in the hospital with I thought I was having a stroke. Turns out it was a migraine. Long story. We don't have time for that. Um, but when the neurologist came in and informed me that, no, I wasn't dying, that, you know, part of the problem was that I spent so much time on the computer working on some problem and not moving much. And I was getting all this tension and everything else that was causing the migraine. And he's like, get out of your dead blasted chair. He said, set yourself a, a timer. He said, you don't have to be much, but get up, you know, once an hour, get up, take five minutes and take a walk around the office and come back. And it, it, it's amazing how much just that, just a little bit of moving it, uh, you know, it, it makes a huge difference. And I broke up my day. I got up. I got away from my desk. And sometimes just the fact of standing up, just changing your point of view. You know, I've got this fancy little thing, desk over here that I hit a button and it goes, you know, and I've changed my point of view. I got out of my chair. I moved a little bit while I'm standing up. I'm probably going to move around a little bit. I'm going to shake my legs out. You know, there are things that you can do to make uh, to make a difference. One, one of the offices I worked in, uh, you know, we were kind of closed off so people couldn't really see us. So my entire office would have challenges periodically. We'd go, OK, so uh, we're going to see who can do the longer, you know, see who can hold a plank for two minutes. And in the middle of the office, we all get on the floor and do a plank. Or uh, we do wall squats against our cubicles. You know, who can hold a wall squat for 30 seconds? And so we would get up and as a group, we would do something that was physical and it got the blood moving. And of course, if anybody walked in our office, they'd be like, what are you people doing? But it was also kind of a team building because we did it together. You know, at first you got to go, ah, not. next thing you know, everybody's doing it. You know, and maybe it's the herd mentality or whatever. I don't know. But Everybody did it. Everybody's getting a little bit of exercise. Everybody's feeling a little bit better. Everybody's a little bit less stressed. We got a little bit more esprit de corps just by making those little changes in our days. And of course, being remote makes that more difficult, but there's nothing saying you can't be on Teams or Zoom or something else and go, hey, you know, let's stand up for a second. You do the hokey pokey, put your right arm in, you know, whatever, that you can still do those things to, to you know, be a little silly. Because, you know, don't take life so seriously. Nobody gets out alive, you know. And and uh, I think it was Dr. Grady was talking about doing things you don't want to do. I read a quote, and I forget who said it off the top of my head. But it was the reason that adults keep asking children so often what they want to be when they grow up is because 
they're looking for ideas. Mm. So, I mean, you think about the creativity that we lose as we get older and society ruins us, basically. And, you know, uh, there's, there's a great song about, you know, Harry Chapin saying about little kid making flowers different colors and grass is purple and all this kind of stuff and a teacher coming in going no grass is green and all this kind of stuff just squashed the the creativity there and it's it's heartbreaking when you think about it and but you know we have choice though you know today i can choose to get some crayons and color some purple grass and you can do that you can break out of those norms by just saying you know what today I'm going to take the left instead of the right when I come out of my neighborhood. And you can change that path a little bit, and then you can change your point of view. You just muted yourself. There you go. But, but I will say, use some caution because I, I agree totally, Lee, but I'm, I might be walking a mile in high hills later this year. Um, so <laughs> watch oh, no, that's the story I want to hear. There will be no video of this event. <laughs> Linda, let's go to you. Wow, this has taken a turn I didn't expect. <laughs> I just I wanted to say that um, a couple of things. I think it's important to find that that motivator that brings joy to your life, and you can create a connection to whatever that is in a lot of different ways. Like for me, you know, I go walking, running, I lift some weights and whatever. And part of that motivation was my, my dog left me in at the, in at Christmas and I'm sad, but um, she had her own puppy watch. And if I wasn't taking her for a walk by four o'clock, there was a problem. And so, um, you know, there, there's those routines that, that are helpful to you, but uh, for me, the motivation for um, staying fit is to be able to ski. Most people, a lot of people, women, especially my age, don't ski anymore. And but if I were to not be able to ski um, and not feel what I feel when I'm skiing, that would crush my soul. And so that's a huge motivating factor. It's not about going out and and walking the mile and a half or two miles a day or whatever that is. It's about staying ready to be able to ski and do something I I love. And there's ways to connect all of your um, desires for, for pattern change to things like that. You just have to figure out what that is for you. And the other thing I would say is, you know, smile first. If you just whatever it is, if you just put a smile on your face first, it changes, whether it's to talk to somebody or go out the door, you change people's day if you just smile first. And um, when I would teach people to do sales calls, I would teach them to, to, and we would practice them talking with a smile on their face because you can hear a smile over the phone. And so that can change your day. Yes, it certainly can. And, you know, smiles are cheap. You can spend them all day long. Uh, Dr. Martha, let's go to you. I wanted to go back to what Lee said about perspective, because that, that makes an important difference here. You know, if we have 
some pesky habits such as eating every day or living indoors, sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do, even if it's temporarily. And this is where perspective can come in. Perception is everything. You can either choose to be miserable or you can choose to find some way in which you're less miserable, not miserable, or even maybe happy. So perspective and perception, if you will, can be so important. And as we are all talking about change and goals and things like that, sometimes it can feel like we're stuck because like I said, we need to put food on the table. We need to have a roof over our heads. And the situation is what it is, even if it's temporary, but perspective can make all the difference. So that was a great point, Lee, and I just wanted to add to that. Yeah, and thank you very much, everyone. Um, Dr. Destiny, we're we're running out of time, which you know we seem to do every single week. <laughs> but this has been a great conversation. And you know, I actually feel a little little brighter. I feel a little better now. So have we missed anything? Is there any other advice you could give us? I don't think we've missed anything in particular. I love that we've talked a lot about the gym today. I feel like that's where everybody's heads usually goes when we talk about resolutions. And in fact, like I think it's so important. Uh, it's about the strategy, right, that we've talked about, too, and how you approach that. Um, I know uh, for me, like, I'm the same way. Uh, now I literally, like, get out of my way if I miss the day at the gym. Like, I am not fun to be around. Um, and the reason is because, you know, it's something that I... I, I, I used to plan it into my day. Now it's just part of my day. I get to it when I can. I don't put it on my calendar. It's like, it's part of what I do. It's like, I brush my teeth. Do I put brush my teeth on my calendar? No. <laughs> do I put go to bed on my calendar? No, but I should, right? But I don't put the gym on my calendar. I don't make it something that becomes something that I got to like task focus on because if you do and you miss it, you feel so like, you know, overwhelmed and all these emotional like things with it. So, and I also have another strategy. I compete with my kids on my Apple watch and I always have to win. I have to win. So, <laughs> so they will literally run in place for hours um, on the weekend just to try to beat me and I will make sure it never happens. So <laughs> <laughs> Your poor kids, they're going to grow up going, my mom never let me win anything. I never let them win. I never. Not not the, you know, they're the ones who sign up for the competition. It's their own fault. I always remind them, it's self-inflicted kids, you know. <laughs> All right, I got to ask how old they are. They're twins who are 11 and a 10-year-old. And they only have Apple Watches and we only use it to compete. So, and I'm, once again, guess who wins? Mom. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I like the parenting style. Uh, yes, exactly. So, but I'm excited about some of the things that are coming up. Uh, we're doing one more uh, week of spring cleaning topics. Um, and then we have a momentum session next week. Uh, we also just posted an informational session for grad students, IO psychology and applied psychology grad students and faculty about the three day virtual experience we have in August. So, um, if you're out there listening and you want to learn more about that experience, there's some opportunities uh, where we're going to uh, support uh, the student population during that event. And we're also going to teach them some skills. And there's even an opportunity to walk away with a micro credential or a badge. Oh, nice. So we're really excited about that. Hey, that kind of brought up a you know question I had for myself the other day, because, you know, 
I've been spending, I think it's over 120 episodes with you people, and you're all really smart. But if I had spent that time doing training with you, what kind of certification could I get? Great question. Uh, We're working on some of that actually kind of behind the scenes and in the forefront, but there's so much opportunity and learning pathways. In fact, I literally talked at length with Jeremy this morning about really doing both at the same time, building community, but also building those learning pathways that lead to opportunity and trajectory for people. So um, something and to come and more to follow, to be honest. Great. Well, it's, it's, it's great that I had that thought and you guys are already working on it. Nice yeah, to know. <laughs> yeah, we're all on the same brave wavelength here, you know, it's a good thing. <laughs> well, here we are once again, and I have to wait a whole nother week to meet you, you folks again and do this once again. So thank you very much for for everyone's contribution today. Uh, Linda and Cam, Dr. Graychick, Lee, as always, and everybody else. Um, this is the smartest hour of my week, and I really appreciate it. So thank you very much, everyone. And Dr. Destiny, if you want to count us out, we'll see everyone in one week's time. Yep. In three, two, one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? At seabock.com.